Hello, residents of Meebletown. This is Dean. Johnny Dune. And today we're going to be doing reviews of Furnace and Anno 1800. And we're probably going to have some nonsense. John's going to be, I'm sure, telling some lame jokes. We're going to have a good time today. Heck so, yeah. Thanks Game for on. joining us for episode number 88. All right, residents of Meepletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. Um, dang it. I'm, I had some ideas. and You saw me sipping on my Lion's Cup. Well, I thought, about, I, I thought about saying something about the Lions. I really did. Because, hey, your boys almost, your boys almost won yesterday. They did. I they was did rooting good, for you. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? These board game podcasters and people like, you know, that aren't in America, maybe they don't care as much about American football as we do. That's true. But maybe they do. Some of them do. Hey. They play games in, in London every year. They right? do. Yeah. I wonder if that... Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you look forward to American NFL football played in London, let me know, let us know. Because we're going to start an NFL podcast. <laughs> no way. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I might have fun with it, actually. Now, if, if I were to say I'm going to do another podcast with like actual content, not like just talking about nonsense, I would say that might be it. My other thought... Mm, no, it would have to be specifically the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Well, my other thought was like describing what you're wearing right now, like your um, black polo shirt, white undershirt, and you know, just kind of going into that and then saying like, this is the scariest Halloween outfit I've ever seen. Oh, I got you. But I, I couldn't quite like put it together to be really funny. So what am I, what am I wearing? You're wearing a black, a black polo shirt. <laughs> the classic Dean is what, what, what I call white, it in my house. With the white undershirt. You ever thought about going V-neck? Or no. you don't want to show that much chest? No. <laughs> I'm more modest than that, John. But you do kind of go, you kick it back to the 90s sometimes, right? With like some colored undershirts. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, I'm a cool with that. Uh -huh. I used to love doing that I did mm -hmm. all the time. Used to. Yeah. It's not cool anymore. I don't know. Hey, dad shoes are back. Crocs are back. So I'm pretty sure I can wear colored shirts under my polos. Eventually it's going to be back if it's not yet. Why do you think I'm Johnny Dune? Uh, because, did you watch the movie? See, not no. See, okay. I just wanted to bring I up. I got this. real excited for a second. No, well, here's the deal. I got invited this last Friday night to go watch the movie, but it was my niece's birthday party. Okay. Um, which we, you know, what she asked for to have for dinner? Breakfast. Oh, we had man. biscuits, gravy, sausage balls. I don't know your niece. Bacon, but I like her. eggs. Like I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty tasty. I was down with that. But um, you know, it, Brandon Burns, uh, Greg, and um. David Person all saw it. Oh, Someone nice. else went with him, I feel like, and I forget who it was now. Oh, I think it was Andrew Hayes. Anywho, if you listen to the podcast, you don't know who these people are. I was talking to Greg about it, and I was like asking these pe people, like, guys, is this worth watching? I'm, I'm, listen, Jason Momoa was horrible as Aquaman. <laughs> like, I'm just being real. I'm, I, I don't, never watched I it, have so. no qualms about saying one of the worst superhero movies played by a, a guy that did not do well. But I haven't seen like Game of Thrones. I haven't seen other stuff he's done. So that was pretty much my first like, here he is. Is he a big character in Game of Thrones? I've, I've never I, watched I don't it, know. So I have no idea. Okay. <clears throat> I've always assumed. I didn't even know he was in it until this very moment that you just said that. Yeah. That's I've, interesting. Well, I think that was what made him who he is. Oh, okay. Now he likes to rock climb and stuff, which I was really into rock climbing for a while. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, 
And I think I've seen him in like just some like pop in here and there, and it wasn't so bad. But it was like I just did not like. like I thought he was just did a horrible job, Jason. If you're listening, I love you because um, maybe he plays board games. <laughs> but I just did not like it. All right, I'm just being real. Like someone can tell me, John, that review that you just did was horrible. Like that was the worst review I've ever seen. And you know, it, if it, if they believe it, I'm fine with it. We right? Have, we have some friends that do. No, I'm just being real. They do movie reviews. We don't do movie reviews. So. No, we don't. But <laughs> what happened was it got me. Greg would start talking about the book, and so I started reading the book. So I just want to put a plug for that in. You started reading Dune. I did. I read it last year. We talked about this. I thought that you I read... I think you made fun of me for it. No, you read Red Rising, and I probably made fun of you for I that. also read that. I, I oh. listened to the audiobook of Dune. I'll oh, say me that. too. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Because who's reading real books these days? Let me tell you something. I am, I'm listening on... Yeah, there's a, I'm listening on YouTube. There's, someone's got the whole thing on YouTube right now. Oh, okay. What did you think about the book? This, uh, this is, I think, pertinent, because I think board game fans... We've had a couple of Dune games come out. Probably like sci-fi. Maybe I, not. I talked about it. So just I talk, really real quick. I talked about it people, when we did the Dune review, or when we talked about Dune. I said, "Hey, I'm going to be listening to this because I want to like." I didn't yeah. get. I don't know if I got done with it before playing the game, but it was around that same time, so I at least knew. What so the did world you like the about. book? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was I'm good. I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah, I'm digging it. The world is is really cool, and I don't really like like an hour. In. I don't dig a lot of those all no sand worlds necessarily usually because it sounds miserable to me but the world that the that he created i enjoy it and i, I think it's a good story too that makes sense because you know you need to go to the beach and like you can't get like you take a shower and you're like how the heck is there still sand on me yeah <laughs> and i never go to the beach yeah ever I, really? well i go once a year because i have a conference that i help put on i never go to the beach ever well i go once a year i have to but amanda and i but you don't go for fun we don't but we're going to because we recognize that your we're kids terrible need to parents be there. for not having our kids go to the beach. Your kids yet. would love it. Yeah. They've gone to beaches just not like like the ocean. They've gone to like Lake Michigan beaches, which is beautiful. Yeah. I, I I prefer those beaches, honestly. But Well, there you go. I just wanted to say that to like kind of give a primer for I will go see the I will finish the book and I will go see the movie. Do you want to see the movie? Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe we should see it together. Yeah. Would your wife want to see it? Or no? Mm, I don't think so. I'm trying to talk my wife into reading the books because she is a huge reader. So we'll see. She told me, speaking of uh, audiobooks, she doesn't like audiobooks really. She just likes to sit down and like read the book to herself. And I thought to myself, self. I knew it. I knew that was coming. I, I just wonder if it's an introvert, extrovert, kind of like a, um, or busybody type thing. Like my wife doesn't want to get distracted. She's super introverted. So she wants to just sit down with the book. I tend to get bored sometimes now, I sit down and read all the time but usually it's in spurts like I don't usually sit down she can sit down and read for hours and hours and I'll sit down and read for like half an hour and I'm kind of like okay but if I'm like driving or mowing the yard or doing something else like I can sit there for hours and listen to a book I can read a book longer than I can listen to a book mm. like in longer periods of time so it, it takes me a decent amount of time I, I listen to it uh, a lot of times I listen to audiobooks in the car. Yeah. It, it, but my, my commute's like 10 minutes. And so it's not, <laughs> even to drive, you know, from my house to Mapletown Studios is only about 10 minutes. So it's, it, I don't get a whole lot of like really long yeah. audiobook listening. But if I go on a trip and I start listening for a real long time, I, it's not that I, it's not that it makes me tired or anything like that. It's just, I, 
I kind of get lost in my thoughts. Yeah, that and happens. Then I'm, and then I have to rewind it and remember what happened. That is the negative to it. Yeah. Is like you have to have the brain power to do as much as, you know, you're doing different things. Yeah. Like if I'm just driving, I usually have the brain power for that. But sometimes if I'm doing something else, like I can be like, what? What just happened? Yeah. So my thing is I don't really like I read a lot in general. And so if it's an audio book, it's one that I'm like, I don't really have the time to sit down and read this, mm-hmm. you know? And so, cause I, I mean, I read a lot for work and, and I read it when I'm in my slower seasons, I read a lot for pleasure, like red rising stuff and yeah. scythe and some other books like that, that I've, I've really enjoyed. But these other ones I'm going back and listening to Lord of the Rings. I haven't read that in a long, long time. And I never read the whole series. Actually, I've never read the whole series okay. either. I only read Hobbit and fellowship and I'm currently mm-hmm. almost done with re-listening to the audiobook of fellowship of the ring. So there I got. you go. What are we talking about? Is that what we're talking about? Dune. We're going to go see Dune. Yeah, I do want to see that. it. So uh, speaking of that, let's do a board game poll. How about that? Okay. Interestingly, I just saw that um, Zapotec is a game I was interested in. Did you see? I was, I'm was i on Twitter just kind of looking at some board game stuff, see if there's something to talk about. Got a seal of excellence. Oh, okay. From the Dice Tower. You've been talking about that one for a while. I have, but I've heard multiple, like uh, Steph Hodge saying that she didn't love Fabio um, Lopiano, but like, not that she didn't hate him, but she just didn't love him. But this game was really good. I like him a lot. So I'm, I'm, I've been, a, well, I've been, a, yeah. I, he's like a solid eight for me in most of his games I'm that he's most, come up with. I'm mostly disappointed that it's not a game about robots. That's when you mentioned the game first to me. That's Zapotec. What, mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds much better. So here is our poll. I decided to do a wait. Hold on, hold on. We gotta what? we gotta talk about the elephant in the room because we haven't talked about this since since we've done our last podcast, John. Okay. I, you you have to have some sort of defense. I'm sorry. I'm going to talk about football for a minute. Oh gosh. We're going to po- talk about your your Tennessee Volunteers and their behavior on the field. You were there, John. You were throwing stuff. You threw the mustard. Didn't if you, you don't know what's going on here, this is going to be quick. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers, college football. We live in Tennessee. Um, Tennessee Volunteers football is life for people, right? It's in Knoxville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Last I checked, it was like three or 400,000 people. The town city shuts down. So it's not a giant city. It's not a tiny city either. Shuts down for this. I was born in East Tennessee. <clears throat> um, I went to school there for a while, so I, I used that's to go right. to the games <clears throat> So you know, what's, frequently. Go- you know yeah. what's going on. Uh-huh. I mean, it's big-time stuff. Yeah. Like, my son, my 11-year-old, came to the game for the first time, and he was pretty impressed and maybe even a little overwhelmed by how many people there were downtown. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. How many drunk people there are running around. It's like 100-something thousand, like, screaming rednecks there. And to make the long story short, the coach for the team that we were playing against was our coach for one year, and he left us after one year. So we're already kind of like, whatever. He also is a funny, his name is Lane Kiffin. He pokes fun at us and stuff on Twitter and different things like that. Over the course of the game, we are a fast-paced offense, meaning we try to go as fast, 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 fast as we can. So they were faking injuries left and right to stop the game. I think that there were like 20-something injuries. Some of them were us. I think that's the number but it was, I heard too, But it was yeah. a 28 or 29, I think. I think but the majority of them were them. So we're getting frustrated. We end up losing the game on a quote-unquote bad call. I don't think it was a bad call. But, you know, when you're in the stands, you guys, hey, if you listen to, like, football or any other sport in the world, you know that the fans are going to see with fan-colored glasses. Like, I just I think it's hilarious. It's yeah. hilarious because I'm like, that's obviously – like, I get why they were a little frustrated on this. Like, it 
could have been. But like there were some calls that's like, come on, guys, you you're looking at the screen now. <laughs> Stop getting mad. It was, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um. But we got upset and apparently and bottles uh, flew all over the field. Uh, Lane Kiffin got hit by a golf ball. Someone mm-hmm. threw a golf ball and hit him. And yeah, a thing of mustard hit the ground. Uh, yeah, it was mostly water bottles. The though. school got fined two hundred fifty thousand dollars and got had some other things they had to do for that. Yeah. Now, so if what do I want to defend? If you're a soccer fan, you're probably like, "Oh, that's lightweight stuff. Like <laughs> faking injuries all over the place." We're used to that, right? That's what soccer is. Uh, oh man, I, I can't. I'm not defend. a soccer fan, so I'm sure there's pop- people shouting at me right now. I can defend being frustrated with the whole thing. But I can't defend throwing stuff on the field. No, it's ridiculous. Okay. I've never thrown anything on the field. I'll never throw anything on the field. How many things did you throw on the field during that game? Three. Okay. No, <laughs> I would did. never do that. I didn't, no, I, I, that kind of stuff I'm, I'm not into. Okay. So for those who are going, let's talk. Are you guys going to talk poll, about poll board time. games? Okay, we're going to do a poll. Here we go. So I did this poll based on our top 10 games um, that we most anticipated for SN. Spiel. I picked four games. Ready to hear what the four are? And I wanted to hear what Meepletown thought they were most excited about or what Meepletown is most excited about. Messina 1347. Okay. Okay. That's a Vladimir Suhi game. Gollum. The Siege of Rundar. And Batoku. So, Dean, what game is Meepletown most excited about out of those four games? Uh, read the two, first two again. Yeah, Messina 1347, mm-hmm. yeah. Golem, the Siege of Rundar, and Bitoku. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Messina. Final answer. Final answer. You're right. Look at me. You got it. You I actually won a it. game. I just I threw it out there. I How about that? Delay it. I just went for it. What else? What would you say number two is? Number two is hmm i'm gonna guess siege of rundar that was number four <laughs> really yes oh okay uh number two was golem okay oh people like you better than me <laughs> well oh no messina was my number one that's right messina's mm-hmm. okay. your number one that's right so 40.6 on messina 35.9 on golem so mm-hmm. actually pretty close i thought messina would probably win uh then only 7.8 percent on the siege of rundar but 15.6 on Batoku. So there's definitely wow. some buzz around that Devere game. Batoku. I'm guessing maybe people haven't seen the components for Siege of Rundar. Oh my gosh! <laughs> or the gameplay. The gameplay does look really cool. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, actually, I've I've been more excited about that game since we did our list last time. Yeah, I would say. Well, actually, here let me let me read a few comments on the guild about this. Uh, Rob says Luciani has designed some of his favorite games. Completely agree. I actually completely totally agree with this statement. Love dice drafting. Love moving up tracks. Should say Gollum, which is what was it was my number one. But something has something about Messina 1347 of the gameplay really interests me. I actually feel like I'm f- kind of there. Like I might, I'm probably more excited about Messina than I am Gollum at this point. It's wow. so close. Okay. It's like 51 to 49% or something like that. But like those two are like big time. Um, JTR says Messina for him. Also, he's excited about Cafe. I don't even know what Cafe is. Oh, I'm gonna have to go click on that. Cafe. I'm sure. But then uh, I looked at both of us. We looked. Tim at Crisco, a Crisco. A lot of games. Said, "Isn't Crisco Cafe Crisco. already out?" Um, Came out in 2020, is what it says on oh, here. Okay, so maybe just it was. It, maybe that's where it coming out in the country. I like that artwork on the box. Yeah, it looks pretty sharp. That? 
That's cool. It's got a pretty good um, rating there. Interesting. I'm about to check that out. I'm glad that he brought that up. Um, I don't even remember seeing that on there. Maybe it's because it was a 2020 release. Tim did say that he has a strong Messina uh, vote. So Brazil Imperial and uh, Tabanusi is another one for him, which I had on my list. I can't remember where it was, like nine or eight or something. So I'm pretty interested in that one. Um, so yeah, that just a couple comments on a few comments on that. Interesting. I, okay. Yeah, I I'm gonna say this, and I said this during the one of the video or podcast or whatever. Or they were the same thing, I guess. I think my biggest hype around Messina is just so much has to do with Praga. I've been playing that a lot on Yucatan. I mean, a lot. I'm, I've always got multiple games going on. I gotta buy that game. And I just, it's it's risen for me. Like I want to play it all the time. You yeah. need to play Pulsar again. I know I keep saying that, mm-hmm. but you really do. It's no Praga. You don't even know. I do know, because it's not I the don't same know game. For sure. I don't. <laughs> I probably would enjoy it better. Underwater I really think Cities you would. is a great game too. So I mean, that's I know because you. That's why I said that because you like game or something. You like Underwater Cities and that so much. I'm like, man, you got to go back and play that. Yeah, but I guess you could always also play Shipyard with me. Which I yeah, was, I have not played. I'm that not as big of a fan of Shipyard. It's fine, okay. but I'm I'm ready to get that out of my collection. But Dean, it's like one of the, this is what always happens. Dean's like, don't sell that game, and then like a year later, I'm like, we still haven't played that. And he's like, don't sell that game, and then I just sell the game because also, I know we'll never play it. It's true, but also, I've been holding on to games so that we can have a Meeple Town gone, That's, uh, con, and John's just like selling them like hotcakes. But here's the thing: I have a stack of a lot of games I need to sell, but I'm gonna hold on to them. I'm not made of money like Dean. Like my like, I don't. <laughs> Dean, <laughs> do you, Dean just prints money. <laughs> I do, <laughs> literally. But here's the thing: every game I sell, I buy a new game, so it's just a wash. I haven't. I haven't Plus, my any wife games. is like, "What are you gonna do? You can't. Where am I gonna store all these games? My garage is a dead gum mess right now." I, well, that's not true. I bought a few games at Target, but that's that's the first time I've bought those games, and that's been the first time, and and that was weeks ago, and it's been, I don't know, a while before that that I had bought anything. Well, I bought two games that I haven't gotten yet um, from Game Nerds, and that maybe you'll be excited about. People, I'm gonna. Uh, I bought Cascadia and Llama Land. Phil Walker Harding on Llama Land. Okay. And I've heard, and Randy Flynn on Cascadia, I believe. Um, I've heard amazing things about Cascadia. So we'll see if it, if it lives up to the hype. Maybe next podcast. Yeah, probably next by next podcast, I'll talk about it, whether we do a full-on review or at least chat about it. Maybe full-on review. Who knows? Excellent. See what happens. You want to talk about a game <laughs> that we've been playing lately? I got two games. Is that all right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about two games too. Yeah, I know. One will just be like real quick. Uh, yeah, me too. Probably. Oh my gosh, no. So I just mentioned I picked up some games from Target recently. Mm. Do you have I did I show you which games? I'm I already up? uninterested. <laughs> one of those was Forbidden Bridge, and I won't talk about that one. I saw you post a pic about Forbidden Bridge. Uh-huh. Nobody cares about that. That was on a the social medias. Straight up, just release from the 80s i mean it's the exact same game no restoration like upgrade to this game it's just the exact same game it is just a roll and move game i'm not gonna talk about that one but we did have fun with that as a just roll and move roll and move and getting people dumped off the bridge wow you've i'm really excited about that yeah no no no. you don't have to be Uh, it was a kind of an impulse buy one for the family that we ended up having a lot of fun with so you totally worth it not talking about that one okay Uh, for us yeah okay it's 20 bucks okay uh, the first game I'm going to talk about is Horrified 
Ooh. I didn't pull this one up because I didn't plan on talking about this one, but I was like, you know what? I should talk about it because Halloween's coming up, and we haven't even made mention of that. All right, so this is the new horrified, horrified American monsters. If you remember right, John and I did a video. You did that video with me, didn't you? Horrified? Last year? Oh, no. I think Horrified was like two years two ago. Two years ago? Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, it's been a Because we did that at your old house. I remember playing that. Oh, you're probably right. Yep. yep. 2019 is when that released. So, Horrified American Monsters is essentially the same game, except you have different monsters and they all play out different uh, in different ways. So, you've got in this one, there are these American, yeah, American monsters, like these urban legends that you hear about. So, have you seen anything about this one? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, mm -hmm. Bigfoot, Mothman, the Jersey Devil, Chupacabra. Like Mothman Prophecies? Banshee of... Uh, no. Chapstick. Banshee of the Badlands and the Ozark Howler. Ooh. Oh! Oh, 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 oh! I don't know if that's what the Ozark Howler sounds like. Oh, it is. Is it? I am the Ozark Howler. Okay. Nothing in Tennessee. We didn't have any Tennessee, like... Yeah, uh, it was monsters in, make the cut. It was Ozark Howler is like over in that Howler. Uh huh. Yep. That actually probably is right since that's a an Arkansas monster, I guess. All right. So that's how I got its name. In this game, you can watch our video on the old one. It's, again, it's the same thing. Like you're just going around this map and you're trying to defeat these different monsters. Basically, you have this one town that's being overrun by multiple of these type of monsters, which is unfortunate, right? Like it's bad enough if you've got hey. Of course, Bigfoot's not like a bad guy in this game. As well, I mean, he is, but anyway, you're not like anyway. It's not like he's <laughs> killing people or anything like that. He's just kind of hanging you sound out. Sound like me? But you want to attack him? I haven't played with Bigfoot yet. That's why I don't know a ton about him. But I okay. don't think he's like going around eating people or anything. It, so you're going around and you're trying to defeat these monsters. I only played this. I played solo. I played with two characters, and I played against two monsters so the easiest level just so i could remember how to play the game and play through it so i played with the banshee wow, what of the do. badlands and then the, i never do that i don't play with easy mode as mode is the, you know the kids call it that now well this is the this is the one that they say start with this one although i've I played it a decent amount so i probably didn't need to start with this did you know that though as mode mm -hmm. no that's what yeah seriously okay like if you're playing the game or video games my kids started saying that and i was like really so yeah, it's as mode. Go ahead. Never heard that. Anyway, I won pretty easily, but you're pretty basically easily. just going around and picking up these different items. And depending on the monster that you're trying to battle, they have different qualifications. So like with Chupacabra, you're trying to get a you're trying to save goats. That's what you're trying to do. So you're getting goats around the board and bringing them over to the farm, and then once you do that, you can defeat them. And then you are So that you can be the goat? Yeah. You have to be the goat. Okay, to beat the can goat I have, ask killer. a question about this? Mm -hmm. Is it pretty much the exact same thing? Yeah, just a different skin. Yep, but the, but again, you know, just like the original one, all the monsters play out differently. This one's the same thing; all the monsters play out differently. I still like this game quite a bit. I enjoy okay. it a lot. I just think it's a lot of fun. I'm looking into digging into this one a little bit more, and the the theming of this one. Uh, I wouldn't say it draws me in a little bit more, but it's like it kind of feels like you're playing in this 80s movie, mm -hmm. and I like that. So question, mm -hmm. someone has horrified the original. Do they need to buy this? No. Okay. No, you absolutely don't because, again, it's the Would same. they maybe buy this and sell the old one? You're probably going to buy this because of the theme, gotcha. I'm guessing. Um, Do you ha is it If you were having a regular collection, not a like box everything up like a hoarder collection, mm -hmm. would you... Um, 
keep both of them or would you toss one of them? I okay, so that's hard for me to answer because like I really like Halloween games. I got um, you. Given the you probably option, like Halloween games more than the average bear. I'd I'd say so. Okay. Our birthday's coming up next weekend. We're playing Halloween games. That's what we're doing. Interesting. Does that sound fun? No. <laughs> I don't have any. There's no th- Halloween themed games that I, off the top of my head excite me. There will be no Euro style games being played in my house on Saturday. Yeah. At all. Horrified American Monsters. I quite enjoy it as much as I did back in the day. I think I gave this one an eight if I remember right. I'd probably stick around with that score. I think I gave it a six or six and a half. And. I'm going to declare that's my score again, even though I've never played it. And it's probably lower face. than that for you. I'm then. just kidding. <laughs> it was fine though. Like I didn't hate it or, you know that like I had fun. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. So let me talk about one that I've been playing lately. Let's just jump into, I'm going to bring up Merlin again. We did a, that during the Feld Fest, <clears throat> there was this one time Dean where we said we were going to do Feld Fest on YouTube and we filmed one video. Mm-hmm. And we have never done another it one. It was since. a fest. We also said Feld Fest when we when we did a review of multiple Feld games. We actually did a Feld kind of fest on the podcast. Uh-huh. So that's fine. Yep. But on the on the YouTubes, we fell flat on that one. It's because we fell flat. <laughs> Is it because I beat you and you haven't wanted to go back to it? No, I want to go back to it. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. So I played Merlin again. Now, whenever we did Feld Fest, I didn't get a chance to play it very much. And I remember the first time I was introduced to it, it was pretty late at night. You know, Dean always has these conversations about being introduced to a game late at night and not loving it. I liked it. We had played Bora Bora for like two, two and a half hours. It was probably 10 or something or 11 when we started this game. Mm -hmm. It was pretty late. Um, And so I picked it up. Uh, from Steph Hodge. I think I told you guys that on the podcast. I also did something different. So there is a module board that we didn't play with whenever um, we did, whenever we played it in the past. And this basically allows you to, instead of get victory points, you can unlock abilities, um, which I thought was really cool. Then also I picked up, like there's a queenie that changes the, um, oh gosh, where you're going out and putting your manners out onto like the lands and stuff like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And what it does, instead of there being a bunch of like kind of barren lands that do nothing, every single thing gives you something. Interesting. So you might get an apple or uh, and a victory point or something like that. So that makes that like so much more interesting than just going out there and just doing area control basically for victory points. Hmm. I'm interested. <clears throat> Can you pick that up easily or probably not? I have no idea. Okay. Probably not. But she was like, you want to add this for five bucks? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> like, absolutely I do. Yeah. Um, so with those two changes... Um, I really enjoyed playing Merlin again. Uh, I, I, I liked it better than I expected to. And if you have never played Merlin, I think kind of one of the crux of the games is you have your little piece and you're going around the, the round table and you have to go clockwise with your piece. Uh, but there's ways to break the rules and different things like that. But you can also, so you have three of your own dice that you go clockwise around it, but you also can move Merlin clockwise or counterclockwise with one of your die. But the thing is, is, hey, Dean might move him. You might like where Merlin is, and you want to go two spaces backwards, but then Dean moves him. So you're kind of pushing your luck on where Merlin is and different things like that. But it's basically like, how can I take these dice, kind of program, not plan out, you know, where I'm going to move, and, oh, I don't like this, and I don't love that, but how can you make the best thing happen with what you've been given? It's kind of the way I kept feeling in the game last night. Right. Like, mm, okay, i got to move there or that. 
so should I move six first or two first? You know, then should I move four because of the dice? And like, how, how is that going to work? Where am I going to land? I don't love this, but okay, I can make this work. And I thought that was, it's kind of a fun puzzle to kind of figure out where that's at. And you have baddies that are coming after you. You kind of got to block them out of your castle and stuff. Um, if you've never played Merlin by Stefan Feld, I, especially with those pieces, um, additions to it, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it would be more like an eight for me, Dean. Hmm. I think I gave it a seven and a half last time. There's also an Arthur expansion I've never played that I heard is almost like a needed expansion. Did this one, so we did a top 10. It didn't make my top 10, but it might now. Okay. It did make mine, I believe. I'm pretty sure. I just don't remember where it landed. I don't have that, I don't have that list right now. Yep. I might actually pick up that expansion for this one. Um, yeah. Okay. And in uh, it's yes. a, it, the art's really pretty in this game too. Like for a Stefan Feld game, sometimes his games are kind of dry, like looking. This one's not. This has got a nice look to it in my IMO. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I quite enjoy this game. I think it's a lot of fun, and I I've heard that that expansion really does add quite a bit to it. I I picked this up. Mm, I'm going to say I picked this up used, and it had the expansion. I, I might be wrong about that, but I do have the expansion with this. I just haven't had a chance to to get that to the table. Yeah, I, the the Arthur expansion gives an, there's a new rondelle. Yeah, and so like I think that's what's there was some. I mean there there can definitely be luck in this game, and I think that that was frustrating for some people. But still, there's ways to mitigate the luck. Like with flags that you can use to you know change the way your dice. The apples allow you to just use whatever, flip it to whatever side you want. So I don't know. I didn't feel like I felt like the more I've played this game, the less frustrated I've been about those because I'm like, yeah, but you can score points this way or that way. Yes. Or this way or that way. You know what I mean? Like there's just more ways to score points, and I'm and I was I'm like, okay, okay. So yeah, that's a good one. Hmm. But, yeah, if you haven't played that and you like Stefan Feld, why not? Yep, good game. I enjoy it. All right, my next game I'm going to talk about is the other one that I picked up from Target. This is the Golden Ticket game. I've got a golden ticket. Mm -hmm. Do you know the next line? I've got a... (laughs) Golden... Golden... Yeah. Twinkle? Twinkle in my eye. In my eye. Yeah, I I had to look it up. I I'm not sure. For some reason, like not. in my head was I've got a golden chance, and I was like, that's not right. You know when you get something stuck in your head and you just can't get it out. Uh huh. Oh yeah. yeah. I hate that. Like all I'll, the time. There'll be so many times because I play music. I'm playing a song and then I try to shift to another song and I just cannot get the melody and the other lyrics out of my head and I can't yeah. even remember the lyrics to a song I know really well. You know what I mean? I'm like, shut up, John. Yeah. Then I punch myself in the face. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's quite the reaction you got there. All right, golden ticket game. In this game, you are trying to get the golden ticket into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. You like this movie? Love it. The original? Yes. Yeah, me too. The Tim Burton movie, I was disappointed in. Okay. It's fine, but like, I love Tim Burton. I'll say this really quickly. My son watched Beetlejuice for the first time this last week. What did he think of that? He, like, at first, he was like, what is happening? Like, he was like, so, like, this is such a weird movie. Which it is. Uh-huh. And by the end of it, he was like, that was pretty good. Yeah. So. It is. So we rewatched it. I For me, it was the first time I'd seen it since the 80s. And Really? Mm, wow. And it was something. But I still enjoyed it. Amanda loves Beetlejuice. Yeah. Willy Wonka, I also love. And I had a, a roommate in college that this was his favorite movie. And he dun, would watch dun, it dun, dun. pretty frequently, like more than once a month, I think. Whoa. Yeah. That's a... 
Uh-huh. It's a fantastic, like, easily in my top 100 movies of all time. Maybe pretty high up there. You want to be really entertained. Do you ever see the, the um, uh, oh, what are those called? Those uh, pitch meeting videos. Yes. I don't like them as much as you do. Okay. This is the maybe the best one. Okay. It's hilarious. All right. And, it, and it's, yeah, spot on, I think. Did they do justice to the movie in this game? They focused a lot on that tunnel ride on the boat, the boat ride. Da, 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 <laughs> yeah. That part had me like in stitches, as they say. Is that the, the saying in stitches? Uh, I I don't know. When when you're a kid, that kind of like scares you a little bit. Yeah, well, that's what he focuses on. It's funny. You got to watch it. Those those videos are hilarious. Okay. Okay. Golden ticket game. In this game, you are trying to collect as many Wonka bars as you can. All right. Check. So okay. you're gonna be you've got this set up out on the the board. You've got these nine tiles, and it's similar to the most similar to maybe Istanbul, except instead mm. of having like a stack of tiles, you just have one of your like character meeple things out there. Okay. And so on your turn, you're gonna be going around to those different spaces, taking the actions and getting Trading mostly trading money in, or maybe trading in other like type of cards that you've played okay. before for Wonka bars. And what's that noise? You hear some noise? Yeah, I don't the know. Train whistle. Okay. So, so <laughs> on your turn, house, house you're either gonna, gonna <laughs> you've got cards in your hand, and you're either gonna play a card to move. So I like just play this card, and I discard it, and I move, or I play it for the special ability. If I play it for the special ability, it also has this icon on there, and so that's gonna go underneath my board, and I'm trying to. There's kind of set collection, but that's like a small part of it. Um, when you get those different sets, you can then go to different spots on the board and say, I'm going to sweep these type of cards that I've played in the past. And if I do that, I can trade them in for Wonka bars. The gameplay is actually pretty fun, John. It's, I, it looks really pretty on the it's, table. It's really well done. I was super surprised at how fun that piece was. And then what's going to happen, it, let's say you're playing a five-player game, okay? I think this plays up to five. Yeah, okay. let's say you're playing a five-player game. In all of the Wonka bars, and you've got a bunch of them. I mean, in a uh, we played a four-player game, and I think there's like 50 or 60-something Wonka bars. It's a lot. You have one less ticket than the amount of players that you have, which I think is kind of interesting. I like that better than just having one ticket. So if you gotcha. have five players, four people could potentially get the golden ticket. Maybe not, though. If you have somebody, you know, you might have like five Wonka bars, John, and mm-hmm. three of those could be golden tickets. You don't know. It, it, all that's random. So part of the fun, and I know it doesn't seem fun if you're like a super Euro gamer, yep. but man, it. You, I even think that somebody like you that could enjoy this game, John, because like going through those chocolate bars, you're looking for the golden ticket, and then you find it, and you're like, you know, screaming, I got the golden ticket, and running around the house going crazy. Is a ton so of So you fun. spend the whole game getting as many chocolate bars as possible. Uh-huh. And it's, then it's Yes. And then it's random. It's exactly like the movie. It's exactly like the movie. Interesting. Even like all the characters have special abilities. And so Charlie's, he actually gets less money than the other characters, but he's able to um oh goodness, what was his? I actually played with him and I can't remember what his ability. I think you could go to uh, another space or something, take another action or something like that after you've done this certain thing that happens. But like uh, Veruca, what's her name? Veruca Salt. Salt. Yeah. So she has the most money on her allowance. If she takes the allowance space, she gets $8. Charlie gets three. Mm. But it all pans out because even if he has less, he still has a chance of getting, which he didn't. I mean, we were all pretty even in how many chocolate bars that we had. But 
Ah, uh, this game is really fun. Oh my gosh, really I'm not fun. sure about. Steph Hodge For was not experience. too excited about it. She said, "It's I don't care what Steph she Hodge gave it shows. a five and a half. I, I do care, but." Uh, she a, actually likes it. Says she she wrote that searching for the golden ticket and not knowing to the end is fantastic, but thought the overall gameplay was lacking. I thought the gameplay was was pretty interesting. Actually. Seven point. It's only got ninety five ratings, but seven point two mm-hmm. out of ten. That's not bad. It's a weight one point two. And here's the thing: if you don't care for Wonka for for Willy Wonka the book, like movie game. or anything, yeah, I don't think you're even gonna look at it. But if you like it and you like fun, this is a really really fun game. Okay. This one's gonna this one's gonna get out to the table in our family, I believe. Did you play with your boys or just your wife? We played. Uh, all four of us played. Now, our there is a lot of reading on the cards, and our six year old uh, can read, but but he played with on my team, so we gotcha. played like a three player game of it. Who won this game? Uh, two of us did. So I think it was me and me and Oliver won, and I think Elias was the other one that won. I think gotcha. that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's at Target. It is at Target. I'm you, looking at it. It's on sale for seventeen ninety nine right now. Normally nineteen ninety nine. Would you play this one? It. Um, just for kicks and giggles, maybe. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be excited, super excited about it, but sure. Yep. So the next game I'm going to talk. Have you talked about both of your games? Yeah. 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 Okay. So the next game I'm going to talk about is a game that I've only played on the app. But Dean texts me last week and says, "Hey, did you know they have Savannah?" park available on the app that was pretty good wasn't it well, you know, you it's really like fun to say <laughs> office <laughs> reference to those who do not know um this is a there's here, been a moida in savannah <laughs> all right go this ahead. is a keesling cromer game so color me intrigued immediately on that you too um yeah you too okay bono good good stuff oh yeah mm-hmm. You're yeah, intrigued I'm, I'm intrigued by this one, yes um weight is 1.75 and that's probably pretty accurate uh, so, the reason I want to bring this up too is if you even if you can't get the physical copy in America in the U.S. we can't for sure. Um, the app is three ninety nine on the App Store. I will say this: the app is lacking in my opinion. You can't zoom in like it's it's basically really you can't. Yeah, I mean maybe I picked it up, but I haven't played it. Yet, no, so. like it, and and the tiles like I've got an iPhone eleven. And so it's like a normal size phone. And like, until you know what the tiles are, because there's animals on the tiles, I had a really hard time like going, what is that? You know, like I was Mm -hmm. trying my hardest to, maybe they fixed that already. Maybe it's something that they will never fix. I don't know. But no, it's basically like, you know, whenever you see the signs that say no shirt, no shoes, no service, this is basically like the baseline to get in the door is the way, the way that this app is. You can play solo and you can play um, duo, but it's two players on one device. So there is no other online play or anything like that. But it is only three ninety nine. Is it a solo version of the game, or is yes. it like you're not playing against AI or anything? No. Oh, oh. You're straight up only playing the solo. I mean, seriously, it is like you're wearing a t-shirt, shorts, and flipsies. Don't and like you got that. Nothing else on. Maybe yeah. there's plans to get that out. I have no idea. It seems like they were just trying to get it on out and so you can't zoom in and see the tiles very well yeah i'm 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 not impressed with the app and i just kind of happened upon this too so it's as if they're not very proud of this product right i mean like i didn't see any advertisement for this and maybe i just wasn't looking but this popped up and the there's a geek list for ios games that are coming out those releases and then savannah park just pops up one day like here it is yeah another 
another problem that I have. I don't. I'm going to get to the gameplay, but there's no undo button, and it's uh, and, and there's like these. It's a small board, and it's easy to accidentally touch something and move it. And you're like, are you? And then that that can totally, completely hose the game for you. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the options just to make sure. Now, nah. so it is basically like the most bare bones app that you you can get just to get it out there. But let's talk about is the game actually fun? So in this game, you are is the solo game fun? Is the solo game fun? I, and I can I'll tell you how the other game the actual game is played because uh, I've only played the solo game. So you're running your own wildlife park is the whole idea, and basically there are hexes all over your board, and you have animals all over this board already. Okay, it's preceded with animals all over the board. There's also three hexes that have fires going on. One's got one fire, one's got two fires, and one's got three fires. In addition to that, there's some trees and some grass. And then there's a lot of empty spaces, but they're all covered besides one by animals at this point in the game. You don't cover the grass or anything, but um, anyways. So what you're doing is you're basically sliding your tiles around. So in a solo game, you're going to slide to an empty spot, if you cover grass is worth one point, trees are worth three points at the end of the game if they're left uncovered. When you slide to a spot, it's done. Dunzo. You flip the tile over, you can't move it again. So if you cover up one of those trees that was worth three points, you're you're hosed. But basically the point is there's animals that are drinking from um from water, whatever. And you're just trying to get the biggest contiguous line, starting with an animal that you have to have an animal that's drinking from the water. And having the contiguous line of the same type of animal, zebra, rhino, rhino, whatever, and that's it. But if you place a a tile with two animals next to the two fire, you score no points for it. Burns up. If you place a one animal next to a one fire, you score score no points for that. Three animals, so forth and so on. It feels the solo feels like one of those slidey puzzles, Dean. You know, you grab those slidey puzzles. You know, you used to play when you were a kid. That's kind of fun. Um, it feels a lot like that. Now, in the multiplayer game, you're going to take turns, someone shouting out, we're going to move the zebra, and everyone has to move a zebra piece. So some people have said that could get really like mean, like you know, oh, I'm going to make him or her move this piece that they really don't want to. Could, but it could really hose you because the game is so tight on where you move the spots. You know how tight you feel when you're sliding those things around? Yeah. That's how it is. You're going to have, like, maybe one or two spots that are, you know, empty, and you're trying not to cover the grass and stuff up. You're going to have to cover up some of it, I think. You're trying desperately not to cover up the trees. But, you know, if you have a contiguous line of five uh, zebras, then you score five points for that at the end of the game. And it's still just sliding one space over in the multiplayer. It doesn't have to be. No, you can put it. You can put anywhere. it anywhere you want. Okay. So okay, you could take something from like the far right of the board and go to the far left and move it over there. But now that spot's the open spot, and you got to put something in that spot. I wonder. So this game, I'm looking at the the physical copy of this, and it uses like uh, castles of Burgundy size hexes. Yeah. As the pieces. Hmm. That You're, seems like you'd be like bumping things all over the place. You might be. I don't know. I'm I don't so know. intrigued by this game though. Yeah, so it's it's I also I like the look of it. Do you like the art on this? It's fine. I think it's I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fine. It's a different style. I don't hate it. I'm just not crazy in love with it, but yeah, it's it's a family weight game that I mean that has a lo- I mean there's a lot of thinkiness to this game. I th- a decent I mean, I only rephrase it. A decent amount of thinkiness, for sure. I've definitely gotten progressively better as I've played the app five to ten times, 
probably closer to 10 times hmm. at this point, maybe. I don't think anyone else is playing because I have like three of the top 10 scores and the other ones I think are fake people. I, Me and you may be the only ones that have downloaded this app, Dean. <laughs> you think so? No, I'm just kidding. Um, but the gameplay is is cool. Like It's one of those games where I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Am I intrigued enough to go buy it? Probably not. Hmm. Um, probably not. But I... I enjoy like that the if you like puzzly games I enjoy that puzzly nature of trying to slide you know you're not sliding the pieces around but it feels like that of okay man where am I going to move this here okay how can I get this you know giraffe next to this giraffe and oh no wait I forgot that's two giraffes and it's next to the burning bushes of two like you screw it up sometimes like dang it I did that why did I do that um yeah so I, if 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 you were if I were you and I was intrigued in this game I'd pay the $4, even though the app's not great, to try it out. I mean, I think it's worth it because there's a lot of people who see Cromer Keesling and think, oh, man, this is like the big hit of the year. Is this Azul? Is this, you know, X, Y, or Z? No, definitely not to me. But paying $4 to find that out might not be as big of a deal as... It was a no-brainer for me when you told me it was $4. I Uh I mean, not you told me it was on the App Store. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. If you, Especially if you like Kramer um, Keesling, Cromer Keesling... But it definitely is on the lighter side of their stuff. Playful animals, pretty light. It's a weight one point seven five as of now yeah. on, on BGG. So anyway, obviously I'm interested because I picked it up as well. Hey, before we talk about our reviews, uh, let's uh, let's talk about um, uh, let's talk about Will Smith. Maybe talk about uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. In, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground where I spend most of my days chilling now, Max. Okay, I could. We probably should. <laughs> yep. Okay. There's actually a game that's called like DJ Jazzy Jeff something. Really? Right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> no. Dean is really excited to tell you. Yeah. DJ Jazzy and Jeff this. and the Fresh Prince Summertime. Remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm gonna play this game. It came out this year. Okay. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. We are talking about Philly. Why are we talking about Philly, John? Because Philly finally, is in Philadelphia. Finally, Dean and John are going to go to a, a big con. I put a mint in my mouth, and I apologize. I know you can hear that. I just took so, it out. So probably we're going. We bought our tickets. Uh, we bought our tickets. So <laughs> we're we flying go- somewhere. Yeah. Dean's always like, I have family stuff to do. Dean is like probably a great dad. Oh, I'm an amazing because dad. he like always does stuff with his family and like his kids yeah i'm sure that i thought about i actually thought the other day like i bet his kids love him or they're Seriously, really annoyed i'm not be, they're like oh my no goodness. i'm just being serious like he his family is like number one priority yeah anyway because of that it's hard for him especially sometimes during holiday seasons and stuff to get away to do stuff for me i'm just like yeah i get away from my family <laughs> <laughs> that's not true it's Your not kids true like you okay one of my kids does <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're going to go to Pax U. We are. And so we wanted to share that in case anyone's like on the fence, like, hey, maybe I should go over there. Maybe some of y'all live in Pennsylvania or in some surrounding states and thought about going. Come. Cause if, and if you are, let us know. Because we would love to have like at least one or at least one night of hanging out. Yeah. Chilling. Oh, absolutely. Um, or at least play a game with you at some point. We're, we're probably not going to be playing tons of games at this because we haven't had a chance to make a lot of connections with folks. Yeah. So that's going to kind of be our, you know, our focus going around, you know, making connections, mm-hmm. you know, just we'll be uh, doing some coverage, rubbing shoulders with the big dogs. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're not going to be like... We're going to do a lot of coverage. We're not going to be doing like videos of every single table that we stop at, that kind of coverage, but we're going to be doing some like over... or John's making faces. Maybe you are. I'm not. No, I'm not. I was (laughs) crushing a mint in my mouth. But kind of like, here's what's going on here and, you know, letting people know what's up. And we also uh, have two Meepletown residents coming with us too, which I'm, I'm pretty pumped about. Jonathan, who you all know. Uh, Jonathan's going to be coming, and and he he might be playing more games than us. I'm guessing probably so. I think Jonathan's going to be my bed buddy. Hey, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. And then Darren, who uh, I knew Darren from when he lived in the Nashville area, Nashville, Nashville area. Uh, and he lives in Indiana now. And so I'm super pumped. He's going to fly over there and be my bed buddy. And we're oh, going to have mm, a great time. Over under how many times... I say, I dare you to do that. I dare you to do that? Yeah. Oh, over, man. under three times. What do you think? You take the over or the <laughs> under? Over. A hundred percent. You'll say it in the first day three times. Okay. Lock it in. But anyway, we're going to go. We would love to know if anyone else is going to go. You want to, you know, hang out? That's right. Do some stuff together. Paint the town red, as the kids say. Who knows? Who knows what we might get into? <laughs> We're pretty wild guys. I can tell you what. I've been Not, go- falling asleep at like 8 o'clock at night <laughs> these days. So, <laughs> I will say we're pretty chill. So if you want to hang out, play games, have a drink or two, maybe. Maybe yeah. Dean, maybe not. And just like, hang out, go somewhere, but eat some food. We like to eat food. John might be the one that's going to be like, yeah, I'll hang out till like 3 in the morning. Me, probably not. Yeah, it depends on how much I like you. Me? <laughs> no. I'm oh, just the being... person you're hanging out with. Yeah. Oh, what if somebody says, I want to hang out till 3 in the morning? Honestly, I probably wouldn't. Now they already know <laughs> that you don't like them. That was a joke. <laughs> no, I it yeah I I don't it. Sometimes I get like that second wind at night, you know, and I'm like, let's go, baby. But a lot of times I don't. Yeah. So I'm a, I'm gonna be real. Being around that many people for all day long and going around, I'm usually pretty exhausted at night. But for Meepletown, I'm game to hang out with some folks. So yeah, Meepletown Mail mm-hmm. at Gmail dot com. You can mail us. You could tweet at us. Go to the guild if you're guild number 3407. If you're part of the guild, let us know. How else could they? If you're a publisher and you're like, hey, we'd love to show you some of the new stuff we got coming on. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and, yeah, message us. Um, let us know who's going to be there and, and we'll we'll do our best to connect to as many people as we can for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But if you're not a publisher, you know, if you're a designer, if you're an artist, if you're just a, a person coming to play games, all of that. Any of you who are out there you. who wants to hang out with us, let us know. Yeah. We need some friends. <laughs> so here's the last thing I'm going to say before we get onto the thing. Dean, you're 40. What? How old are you? I turned 41 next this week. Okay. Yep. It's almost birthday time. I knew it was close. Uh, so I have a a person that I know that's in their 40s, and fi- me, I'm in my 40s. Finally gets a tattoo. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is that a midlife crisis thing, or just finally like you know what? I'm I I don't care anymore. I think that's a mild midlife crisis. Because like. Yeah, if right. you have like if you haven't gotten one yet, you know, and you would think like if you hadn't gotten one, you might not. Is why. Um, Do you I have mean, a tattoo? I don't, but like I have these like sort of desires to have a sleeve. Like if I go in, I'm going all in probably. Would you get a Would you get a Meeple Town? No. Like some, you wouldn't get anything Meeple Town if you got a no. whole sleeve. No. Is it like a sleeve of a design or like a bunch of different stuff? No. If I did it, it would be like like faith. Or something you know, something that I know okay. I'm never going to like ever. But would it be like a hodgepodge but of things, that's, or would it be like? No, I think it would be something that fit together. Oh, okay. Because okay. like the reason I say that about like like pop culture and stuff, I would never do. Even Meeple Town, like I love Meeple Town, 
But I mean, it could be over tomorrow, and I'm like, what do I have this doing? People down tattoo. <laughs> it probably won't be over tomorrow. It might be now. It may never be over. But like, I'm just like, eh. um, I would just be really hesitant to get to get something that didn't wasn't extremely meaningful How to me. How dare you, sir? How I mean, dare like, you? you would get an evil town tattoo. You probably would. I wouldn't get a tattoo. Okay. But so this person got a tattoo and posted it on Uh-oh. on Facebook. Are you going to show me a picture? Finally got this tattoo. Is this somebody you know? Yes. It is horrible. It's not great. Like, the art is absolutely horrific. It is probably meaningful. It looks like, I'm, it looks like I did. I, I could do that. Uh-huh. What happened? You you finally the design itself like what, the design, but they didn't do a good job. What with they it. wanted was fine. Like that's, that's right, but it is not well done. No, like I'm like you finally. It, this looks like my my kid could have done this. Like, have you all ever had this? We want to know. Go to Meepletown Mail or whatever. Have you ever had a friend? This could be my next poll. Get a tattoo that they did a terrible job, and if you did, did you say something about it? Did you actually say, have the guts to go, wow, that's bad? <laughs> or did you just say, oh, cool, that's fantastic? Because there's a lot of like awesome, fantastic you know, responses, and I'm like, that is really bad. Yeah. Interesting. I would be, I would be irate if I <laughs> – I'm a pretty chill guy, but that's what would happen. That's why I don't have a I tattoo. Mean, I mean, I rate that about a two. <laughs> yeah. That's a- yeah, that's how I rate I am. I, no, you it's like right. That? It's right okay. on. <laughs> if I were to get one, I would pay premium dollar to get a premium artist. Maybe they did. I mean, maybe it was something that they designed themselves. But they, they were still on vacation somebody. and got it. <laughs> it's like one of those like. That's why you don't I'm go down to the beach, Panama everybody. City and I'm gonna get a tattoo, and you're like, go to some janky shop. And so what happened to me? I went and got my ear pierced. Oh. Panama City. Uh, I know. All right, so let's talk about a review. We're gonna go to Furnace. All right, Meeple Town. So I think I would like to throw that tattoo into the proverbial furnace, which is what we're going to be talking about right now. Furnace was a game that was on my top 10 most anticipated games uh, whenever we did it earlier this year at the very beginning of the year. Furnace is an arcane wonders game. You know, if you were really good at doing podcasts, you would probably have Furnace pulled up on BGG so that you could talk about it. You don't, do you? I do now. Okay. Um. Ivan Lashin, Lashin. How do you say that, Dean? Lashin. Lashin. That's what mm-hmm. I thought. Okay. I don't know. Did this right. game, anyways? Did this game? So, what is Furnace? Now, Furnace is an engine building, auctioning game, and it's actually pretty straight. It's very straightforward and simple. Um, you're going to have a number of cards out, depending on your player count, in the middle row that you're going to be auctioning for. You start with a building, and the building's going to give you. A couple resources to start the game off, um, and then like a little ability to do that everyone can do. You all kind of have the same building. You just start with different resources. But in the game, it's really simple. You have four um, circles, uh, <laughs> discs to, to bid on. It's one, two, three, and four. And you're going to play one of those into the onto one of the cards, and the highest number wins. couple caveats. If someone played a three you cannot play the same number. Another caveat is you cannot play on a card that you've already played on. So you couldn't like play a one on a card, then Dean plays a two, and you decide to play your three. Like you're locked in on that card. But what's intriguing about the game is that 
you're going to go from left to right on the cards that are played out in the middle. Whenever you pull uh, your discs off, if you win, you get the card. If you lose, you get a compensation bonus that's printed at the top of the card times the number of that's on your disc. So you could lose three to four, but you get three times two coal and you get six coal, which is a heck of a lot of coal. In fact, you might purposely want to lose some of these because you want the compensation bonus more than the card. After that is over and you've all placed your four discs, you're going to place them into your tableau. Now, there's we. I've always played a variant, which I think is, well, I guess I can get that to the gameplay. You either place it into your tableau and it doesn't matter where you place it, or the variant, you place it and you cannot move it. You can place it in between cards, front or back or whatever, of where all your buildings are, but you have to then run your engine left to right. The standard game just says you kind of you run your engine, so you pick. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna go to this building, to that building, to that. That's the game. You're just getting a bunch of resources to trade them in for money. Whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins. Art and components, Dean. Art and components. Wonderful. Start with the art then, since most of the components are the just cards, right? Yeah. Well, you have the the discs that you. I, there's something I will talk about that here in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the art is fantastic. Yeah. Agree. Wow. Totally agree. There's actually a lot of artists credited on this one too. There's like six different artists credited. Um, yeah, I, I totally am with you. The box cover, this is absolutely beautiful. I, yep. I, if I remember right, it does have a matte finish on it, which is not great. I don't love that. I don't love that more and more companies are doing that. I think it looks so. The box is what drew me in immediately. Yeah. Whenever uh-huh. I was looking at like earlier this year, like oh, this is a gorgeous box. But the matte finish got rained on. Mm-hmm. Like I carried it in the rain, and I have rain spots on it now. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, but it looks cool. Like I'm not. I like the way it looks. I like a matte finish, but there was no rain resistance or water resistance whatsoever. On and that I mean, box. you're. It's gonna get like at least a few drops on it, and they're not of gonna go away. Yeah. You know, it, it. At least it doesn't have like the 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 one I talked about earlier, the golden ticket is a matte finish as well. And it's doesn't have the plastic cover on the outside. It's just the stickers. Yeah. And on this one in particular, all the villainous ones are like that too. But when you're taking that sticker off, this rips the box cover and you've got white spots on there. And I don't see how to avoid that, but this doesn't have that. Right. Does does that kind of stuff drive you crazy? It drives me insane. No, I mean like after a while, I don't care, but while I'm doing it, I'm like, why, why would you do this? Yeah. It drives me insane because mostly whenever I know I'm probably not going to keep a game. Uh-oh, did I spoil anything? Maybe, mm. maybe not. Um, and I'm just like, oh, I want to sell this, but now there's watermarks on it, so there goes five bucks or whatever it is probably because gotcha. someone's yeah. going to be like, well, I could just buy it new. But here's what I, I, a couple more things about the components. The um, the money is just their cardboard pieces, mm-hmm. the gears, whatever that you can use. We'll talk about it, cardboard pieces. But they're but, nice. They're not flimsy. Yeah, or they're anything. fine. Yeah. But the uh, resources are the the coal is just cubes. But then you have the oil, which are like what are those cylinders that you see in power grid most most games or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. The iron actually looks like a little bar of iron, which is kind of cool. But what I want to talk about are the discs. And I didn't play like this on our... No one said anything yet because I was just curious if they would say anything. But the disc are... Your number four is big and then smaller, smaller, smaller. Three, two, one. You're technically supposed to stack the discs on top of each other whenever you're placing them onto the cards. Um, that way you can see who's got the highest or lowest or whatever based on that. Have you seen the pictures of that? The re- So here, Dean. No. Uh-uh. That's how you're technically supposed to do it. And it looks pretty. But if you don't know what number it is, I guess you could just look at what you have and kind of figure it out. But I didn't like that because I like to look on the thing and go, okay, I've got a three there. Mm-hmm. 
I know that I'm going to get three times this instead of have to figure it out all the time. So we're just putting our discs. Now, if you're playing a four-player game, yeah, you could probably put four discs on one of those cards. What do you think about that? What it looks cool. What it does, I'm guessing. So in a higher player count, you're going to end up having a lot of disc on there. That's that's true. That's and why. And so you're blocking some of the things that you might need to be able to see. I'm totally with you, though. I would actually have preferred the same size disc with the numbers on there and just made them not as big as those four yeah. discs. But that's... but. It, it looks cool. And the pictures look pretty, but like it practically, I mean, practically it makes sense. If you're playing a four player game, you're right. You probably can't put all four discs without covering things up. So that's yeah. why they did it. Mm-hmm. But like, I would rather just, if I'm playing two or three players, just see the discs laid out there so I can quickly see what I've thrown on the, on the thing there. So anyway, art stellar components are good. Game good? Question is mark. The game good. Well, this is a game that is really at its core. There is the auction piece, but it is a straight-up engine builder. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what it is. Yep. This is the straight-up engine builder. And so um, so the complexity of it is not super high. But mm-hmm. what it does have is interesting decisions that come from the auctioning. Uh, I really like the auctioning in this. I think it's, I think it's cool because you're not just getting the card, although that helps. You're also, if you're not, you might not even care if you get the card. You might not even, actually, you might not even want the card. You might want just to be able to get the bonus. That happens a lot where you're like, wow, I'd really like to be able to play this three disc on this card to get these resources or to get So you're hoping someone plays a four on it. Yeah, so you're hoping somebody else gets that on there. And that's that's really interesting. It's one of, um, I I like that. I I don't love auctioning games necessarily. I don't hate them, but it's not Mm -hmm. something I seek out. But I really like how the auctioning is done on this game quite a bit. Well, I like also how I mentioned that you go from left to right whenever you're um, resolving who win the auctions. Because you might purposely want to lose to gain iron because later on you can use that in another compensation bonus to turn it into oil or something. That's right. And so, oh, wow, I could get three here. Then I could go over here and play my two. And I could get two there. I could use my four to actually win this card that I really want. And you might think in this game, hey, the more cards, the merrier. Not necessarily. Oh, no, not, yeah. Like, Uh you have to figure out how to score points, not just get a ton of cards. Yeah. Because there's a lot of cards that just will give you resources or something like that. And if you're getting a ton of, let's say you're getting three cards multiple times or something like that. Uh, you're probably not going to be able to run all those engines in the way that you want to. Like yeah. m- more than likely, you're not going to be able to get the max amount of points that you can on those cards. So, so it doesn't really matter. Now, it might give you more options. It sure. might, you know, you might be able to say, okay, well, I can either get points from iron here, or I can get points from oil here, or whatever yeah. that is, right? And that's, I think that's interesting. And so you might want to have more cards for that, but you don't necessarily have to have those. Mm-hmm. And in fact, especially if you're not getting as many cards, that means you're probably getting more compensation and that's helping out. And yeah. th- there is one of the one of the player abilities gives you an extra disc, which seems like, oh, wow, that's going to be super, super powerful. But even that doesn't necessarily equate to getting more stuff than other people because it does have to fall. Everything has to fall into place right for yeah. that really to work out well for you. And that was something that I didn't mention in the um, as I was talking about how it's played. You can play with player powers. Uh, I don't, you don't have to, but it'll give you one player gets another disc. Another player, you break the rules. You can play a three on someone else's three, which that could be really big. I think that was my favorite, most powerful one. Yeah, uh-huh. because you could. Oh uh, well, another one is you always you gain, I believe, one extra resource like uh, on the compensation bonuses and stuff mm-hmm. whenever you're getting that. So that can be really big too, because I can help you get a ton of resources. So. They're all pretty big deals. 
Um, but anyways, yeah. Yeah, and the, the engine building, let me say this. I will 1,000% always play with you have to put your card in a particular slot and you can't move it. Yes. The other Although version... I never played the other version of it, but I don't, I'm not that interested. I in did it. as a like a practice game, and I just thought it was boring. Like I was like, it wasn't that... You know, oh, I can play this card, then I can play that card, then I can play this card. This is way more thinky ahead, for sure. Mm-hmm. Way more planning. Kind of ruthless. Like, if you put your cards in some of the wrong spots, like... It can be a little bit unforgiving. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, know, you, you know, oftentimes you might like your first card is one that allows you to flip over cards. We didn't say that. So after you get cards, you can also flip them over uh, by paying a gear and resource so that you can be even more powerful. It'll have like an extra thing on the bottom of it or whatever. So it'll do two things instead of one, for example. Um, but there's if you get that far card too far down your line to the right or whatever, you may you can't flip things over until you get to that card. Mm-hmm. And I've done that multiple times where I just kept putting things in front of me. Oh, that's okay. I can do one more thing. Then by the end of the game, I'm like, ah, I really needed that card in front so I could use that to get flip other cards over so I can use them this round because this game is only four rounds. This is a fast game. Mm-hmm. So Which like, I like that too. I do too. I really like that about it. like, boom, 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 you're done. So uh, yeah, I would always play with that variant and... Yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm ready for my final thoughts. Yeah, yeah, me too. I can I can go ahead and jump into that. So, I, I you've heard us say this a lot. These quicker games that have a lot of thinky things to them mm-hmm. are are kind of becoming our jam lately. And maybe that's the We're busyness of what we've yeah. got going on. I'm I'm not sure. This is very much that game, right? This is this fits in that category of. Uh, you can see it in the video. We did a video for this, but for me, I compared this to uh, to the city, which was a Thomas Lehman game, and uh, it's not exactly the same, but it's it's similar in that you're basically getting cards. You get cards differently, and you're running an engine. But this one, you're having having to run it in order, which I think is is more interesting. Like what John said, I really like that. Now, what what doesn't really drive me is necessarily just like straight up engine games don't engine building games don't always really do it for me mm-hmm. but i still really like this one a lot i mean enough to give this one a seven and a half which is, wow. is pretty high for this one yeah. I, you know and at first i wasn't as big on it and i think the more i've played it the more i've come to appreciate the decisions that need to be made about all the decisions about the auctioning for yeah. you know your compensation auctioning to gain the cards the running the engine in the correct manner your first game you might get kind of frustrated because you're like oh i wish i would have put this card in this other spot and yeah. it just you know so i the more i've played this the more that i've liked it and it, it, it fits in the category of like that yeah like i said thomas layman type games uh in in a sense yeah i don't get it i don't get that as much those feels as much as dean does more like a heavier i'm not disagreeing with him yeah, yeah i don't i but i don't i don't know i, I never that never crossed my mind um Simple to play, simple to teach, fast teach, uh, engine building, auctioning game. I generally like engine building. I do agree with Dean. I don't always love straight engine building. There's no you know, no other really mechanics. I mean, there is in this, I guess, auctioning. I do like auctioning games. I do think the way that you have those discs and the way that you're bidding is pretty is fairly clever. I think the compensation bonuses are very clever. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of my, like that moment I go, oh, that's cool. Like those decisions can be really tough. Like you might really want a card, but you also might really want the compensation bonus. Yeah. And what discs do I place on there? You know, should I really go for it and just win it with a four? 
I just go for the three and see if I win it. And if I don't win it, then that's fine too, because I'll take the compensation bonus. Those types of things are are, are pretty interesting um, in the game. And because you can't place the same disc, the number on on a card, that can be interesting too, because you'd be like, I got this one. I kind of want to place it over there, but let me place these other things first, because you're taking turns back and forth. And you're like, dang it, Dean put a one on that. Now I can't. And so that can be uh, fairly interesting and intriguing as well. So, um, but I will say there's just, it's, I, I've, I've, I've worried that it's going to get samey because there's only three resources. You have the same deck of cards, which isn't super thick. You know what I mean? Like It feels like you're doing the same thing kind of over and over and over. I will say that I've played it four or five times now, and I, I enjoy, I've enjoyed it every time. Like I, It hasn't gotten old totally yet, but I'm not like super stoked about it. I thought it was just a really solid game. That I'm not overly excited about. Seven out of ten. Like I'm usually willing to play it. Sure, I'll mm-hmm. play it. It's quick, cool little engine building, cool little auction thing. But it didn't do anything for me that got me really jacked up. Artwork's beautiful, but yeah. I said that like because I Dean I think is going to maybe pick this one up for me because he liked it a little bit more. Yeah, I just I'm, I'm digging these shorter games that have some interesting decisions. So and it is so, that. Yeah, it's. If I had a bigger collection, I would probably keep it. Yeah. Um, at least for a little while. But my wife also does not like auction games. So yeah. I, well, that was the, the kind of the nail in the coffin where I'm like, I'm never going to get to play this. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So I gave it a seven and a half. And John, why will you not get a Meeple Town tattoo? I can't. <laughs> John oh gives gosh. it a seven. And let's get on to Anno 1800. Next up is another game that takes place around the same time, right? This is Anno 1800. This is a game about the Industrial Revolution. This is a game that was also based on a video game called Anno 1800. That's right. I've never played the video game. Yep, neither one of us have. And Dean is excited because he loves it. I like it too, but he really loves it when our episodes are thematic and they kind of have the same type of theme this was, <laughs> was this my idea or yours i think it was you we talked about doing no 1800 and i said let's do furnace 2 because they have the same thing you're like huh is it? yeah it is like you're immediately game oh yeah like there was no but it was your idea so there was well <laughs> now who's hype on it i mean i, I i'm excited about the russian episode but, was my idea this one's yeah. yours okay i'm fine with that next one is I don't know. I, I think people will be more excited be. about this because it's newer games because everyone loves the newness. Yeah, you're probably right. Not everyone by any stretch. We have tons of people here listening to us that like the old stuff like we do. But Speaking of hype. <laughs> overall, the new stuff is hype in board game world. This is a Martin Wallace game, and this was at the top or maybe second place of my list of anticipated games of the year or something along those lines. I was really, really excited about this one. In this game, you are going to be building up your little island, right? You're going to be building up your ship fleets, and you're going to be traveling to the old world, and you're going to be traveling to the new world. And essentially what you're going to be doing is you're going to be trying to build up these different resources and you're going, you're producing these, you know, resources yep. from these buildings that are on your island. And you have this population on your board. You're trying to keep your population happy. And all of these cards trying. in your hand represent those population and what they want to be happy. And so you're trying to get rid of all of the, those population cards from your hand 
and that's going to trigger the end of the game, and yep. then whoever has the most points is going to be the winner. Now, the the big crux of this game, I'm not going to go through all the different actions that you can take, but because we'll kind <laughs> yeah. of talk through those. But the big the biggest one I think tends to do with the uh, with the way that you get those construction tiles out onto your board and Mm. how that's going to work is let's say john has a card in his hand where somebody really wants uh soap for example okay then you start off on your board with several different production opportunities okay and one of those is coal and one of those is (coughs) is a pig so we always have a sneeze in every episode. <laughs> I was listening to the last one. You sneezed multiple times. Sorry. There's a sneeze. So if John wants to produce soap, because that's what one of his characters in his hand wants, then he's going to have to go to send one of his population cubes to the coal production place and to the pig place to go slaughter a pig. Okay. He'll take a cube. He'll put it on each of those different spots. And he's now produced those goods. And he'll take that tile from the board and put it onto. Uh, onto his main island board. Now, this also is an engine game because that's really what you're trying to do is get those different construction tiles onto your Mm -hmm. board that are going to allow you to produce different types of things. The cool thing about this is that if John has something that I really want to be able to use, but I don't want to build that myself on my island, I can trade with John, which means I just trade a a trade token or trade tokens depending on the value of that good. And John's going to get a gold, get a little gold. And I'll get that resource get a to be able to build whatever I'm trying to build. And then again, ultimately trying to get those, uh, those cards out of your hand, which are going to be points. You're going to get points for, uh, having zoo animals that you collect along the way. Those are other different cards that you're going to get. You're going to get points for completing objectives that are off on the side. So as you're going, you're like, okay, I want to be able to complete this objective. If I have champagne, that's going to give me six points at the end of the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's going to be it. That. That's it. That's it. You, whoever has the most points at the end of the game is the winner. Art and components. Art and components. There's a lot of components in this box. It's pretty heavy. A ton of tiles. Lots of tiles. There's a lot of cardboard and a lot of you might uh, want a decent com- amount of cards in this game. I'm going to well. guess that you might want to complain about the setup. You're talking about art and components. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to talk about that with the art? And we components? can, sure. For, well, let's talk about the art We first. can do whatever we want to Let, do. Let's talk about the art, and then we'll kind of jump into that. That'll lead into gameplay. Okay. All right. Art uh, of the box. Start off with that, John. Okay, so interestingly, like I've heard multiple like channels and stuff like really say the box is pretty meh. The box super drew me in personally. So it's definitely all art is subjective and personal preference. I love the box art because it, it it just makes me think. I, I like it. I like a historical theme. Like I just do. You know what I mean? Like I guess that's one of the reasons I like dry heroes. But like I like that. It draws me into the game. I want, I'm interested in knowing at least reading a little bit about what, you know, what the game is based around and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's a beautiful ship. The art is beautiful on the box. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you, John. I, I, I like the look of this. Now, this is done by, the art's done by this, uh, I believe it's Fiore GmbH. I don't know how to say that, but that's yeah, I know who you're talking about. that design studio who did Maracaibo, yeah. who did um, number nine, the, the Rise of Queendale, which I think is a beautiful box cover as well. City Skyline did a ton. I mean, there's like 91 games credited to it on BGG, but I'm with you. I like it. I like the art on the cards as well. I think it's, um, I think those are pretty cool. Um, yeah, the zoo animals, all of it, I think is done really well. And the thing is, there's a lot, a lot of art. There's a lot of art. And it's not, when you're looking at the different tiles, they're going to The tiles don't wow me. The backs of the tiles, I think, are good. Yeah, I mean, but the their the iconography and graphic design is very good. Like yes. it is super clear on all yeah. the tiles, what's going on, what you need to, 
you know, resources need to build it and stuff. So whoever did the graphic design did a really great job. Yeah. So the tiles that you're going to produce, you need to be able to see them clearly because there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, like 44 that I'm counting off the top of my head, 44 that are on the main board of these like two by two tiles ish. Mm-hmm. And you got to be able to see those, you know, like you need to be able to quickly look at the board and see exactly what you're looking at. And I think that this, they do it really well. Yep. Even the payment, like the payment of what you have to resources you have to produce to to build that building. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, I think I'm I'm good. The population is just colored cubes. That could be issues that could cause issues for people with color blindness. Neither one of us deal with that, so I'm not I'm not positive how that plays out. But I didn't have any issues with with the components in the game. Nope, I thought they were stellar or good, really good. <laughs> All right, gameplay. Okay, so this is a game that Dean wasn't this on your top. I already said, Maybe. yep. It was oh, you, are, you my, did yeah, say that. Like I'm my, sorry. Yeah, and you agreed with me. Um, you recognize, like you, you were paying attention. Sorry, it's just your old man brain. I'm. It may be. I'm looking. I'm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm not just like you know surfing the web and like looking up like you know crazy things. I'm looking at like what people have rated this game and reading through some of the comments because uh, I like a little drama. Johnny oh my drama. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have a super bunch of hype for this game. And really, let's hype. just be real. Martin Wallace is is a designer that I respect quite a bit. I, I really yeah. enjoy a lot of his designs. Some of them, you know, are some of my favorite games. For sure. And this weight right now is 3.16. I mean, that's like all up in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Like right around three. Uh-huh. That's like your some of your favorite stuff. Um, I'll, I'll also want to mention that it is rated 7.9 after 1.7 thousand ratings. Dean, this is ranked 784 overall already. Yep. That's, that's impressive. And this, well, okay. So this game has been out since 2020, but it's not been out in the U S it has not. that long. That's right. But that's still, I think that's impressive because I, I, I'll be interested to see what happens when it, it's not out yet. Is it in the U S Oh, I don't know. I don't, this is a review copy from from Cosmo. Sorry about that. Did not mention that, but uh, I'm not sure. I, no, I think it is. I think it is now available. Okay. Yeah. I'll look that up. So we'll have we'll have up to date information on that pretty soon. Um, so this has actually gotten, I mean, pretty highly rated. A lot of people are enjoying this. I was excited about this one because I am always pretty much always interested in what Martin Wallace is doing. I mean, Dean is super interested, and I am interested. Yeah. I mean, Brass Lancashire is just unbelievable, and there's other games that are that are solid. Brass Birmingham. I'm sorry, I meant Birmingham. Well, both of them are. I know. I really good, like. Yeah. I like Lancashire too. I don't know why I said that, but Birmingham is my favorite. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> I know Dean would say Nancy Narking is one of his Ankh Discworld or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Narking is what it's, is what it's called. That's the the redo of. Yeah, uh, more pork. I I think, yeah. I I mean, I really really like Nanny Narking with the right group. But again, you have to have the right group. But this one, do, 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 do. it is available now. Is neither is one of those arrival. games? That's right. So mm, okay, well, I sat down to play this game, and I remember when we first started playing Dean, I was not liking it a ton. Remember that? Uh-huh. I, I wasn't hating it. You were complaining. No, I was. You were whining. Was, no, I wasn't whining. It was just. You have this, you know, stack of, of customers that you're dealing with that you have you need you need to you know fulfill them because you score points that way. And as Dean said earlier, the game ends when all of them are pleased or happy. Yeah. So you know you've got to get through these, but you're trying to figure out you're trying to find the synergies between them, right? Like you've got 
okay, well, I've got three that need um, a beer or something like that as yeah. one of the things they need. So I guess I need to build a beer building. It's not that complicated on that. At first, I wasn't like that part wasn't as exciting because some of that was just kind of like obvious that I needed to do that. But as the game progresses, it gets really can be pretty challenging because you may have cards that don't even have a ton of synergy, you know, that are within it. And then you're trying to figure out, okay, there are different um, cards that might actually let you get rid of customers, like toss them out, not customers, their population, you know, the population cards. But sometimes you got to figure out like, wow, I have to get, I've got to either toss this one out or this is saying right now, I've got to have this disc that I don't have, this factory that I don't have, and this factory that I don't have. Well, hopefully I'll wait and see if Dean produces that. Yeah. But especially in a two-player game, he may never produce that. Yes. And so you're just this, you're just like going back and forth going, oh, will he? Will he not? And so you have, I say that to say, some really interesting decisions with these cards in your hand. Do I just go ahead and start building that? But this is all about efficiency. Do I really need to build two factories for one card? Oh. Like, that. probably not. Yeah. I mean, that might be but, tough. And, and that might even seem like, uh, you might think, wow, that's really lucky of what's going to happen there too. And and potentially, like you could draw really good cards for your population cards, yeah. or you can draw ones that aren't really helpful. Now you can turn those in car- those, those cards in up to three to draw three new say ones. That. Yep. The but that problem, way, that's a whole turn. It is, it is a whole turn to do that. And every turn matters in this game for sure, yeah. which is why like at the end of your turn, as you, at the more and more population you get on the board, there is a point where you're going to have to take the celebrate a festival action. Mm-hmm. And when you do that action, you're going to take everything back. You're going to take all your, your trade tokens. You're going to take all your explore tokens, which we all haven't really population. mentioned all your population, all those come back. And then you're kind of restarting. Yep. You don't want to do that if you don't have to super often, because again, you want to be super efficient. And so yeah. having to just take a turn to trade cards in might not be fun. But it might be necessary. There's also ways to just get rid of cards without having to. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, them. and that's yeah. that's inter- interesting. The first game we played, Dean had a ton of those, and I didn't, and it was kind of frustrating. But yeah, I still barely lost. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of different ways. I'm just going to say to score points and to do things with the cards and yeah. stuff like that. I was fulfilling this cards that got rid of other cards because um, every time you please the population you get some type of a bonus yeah he was getting those to get rid of some cards which is cool but i was you know getting a lot of trade tokens and a lot of Mm -hmm. different things that are super important in the game you know because you have to have a trade token to be able to obviously to trade with him but you also have like this game feels really pretty tight Mm -hmm. you also have these like explore boards that you mentioned that you're gonna that you can you can go out but you have to have like um, the ship tokens. I can't remember what are those called Explore again. Tokens, Explore tokens, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Explore tokens to be able to pay for that, and because you don't have like a thousand spots at the beginning of the game. Yeah. What do you have? Like four, five, off the bat to, to build some buildings. Um, and then if you don't go out and explore, you can't build right. anymore unless you want to build over something that you have, which you might do, but you would sure hate you have to do four that. Four land spots, okay, and then. Uh, three ship spots or two ship spots, I think. Okay. Okay. So, so that's that it, it's all feeling like tight. How can I do this the fastest way? How can I get these cards out the fastest way? Um, then you got your ships that you, should I build ships so that I can go out and build, explore more, you know, some of the, um, population require ships. So, okay, I want to do that. Or should I build, you know, ones to get more chips that give me more trading opportunities so I can trade back and forth a lot more? Yeah. 
there's a lot of paths to gonna go down. Yeah. Uh-huh. At first, I don't think I really recognized that. Like I was like, okay, these cards are gonna determine what path I am. But just thinking about how to explore, trading, all these things going on, I'm like, okay, there's there's a decent amount of. And I, I think yeah. that's why this game tends to rise for people the more yeah. the more they play it. Now let me let me kind of focus on one thing that John was was talking about there for a second. The bonuses that you get from your population cards. So you start off with nine population cards you're going to have seven of the lower population cards which represents your your farmers mm-hmm. your workers uh, uh sorry your farmers your workers and your artisans dean is there like we, we have to get this correct i'm yeah. i'm like you're blue and you're green no i just couldn't remember if it was two or three so the the lower one is your your farmers your workers and your artisans okay you, the next level population card represents your engineers and your investors Okay. Which you you don't get none of those to start the game. That's with. right. You only get those lower three when you start the game. Oh, bu- 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 bu. I just said that wrong because you actually start off with, sorry, the lower level one is just your farmers and your workers. You get seven of those cards and uh, uh, cubes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the higher level is your artisans, engineers, and investors. Sorry, because you do start off with two of those when you start the game, two of the cubes and two of the cards. Now, mm-hmm. John mentioned you get a bonus. A lot of times that bonus, not a lot, I mean, a decent amount of times you want to try to build up your population at the beginning. Okay. So the game isn't as easy as just getting rid of those nine cards because as you gain population, so let's say John plays a card that gives him two of the worker blue little cubes. Okay. Mm -hmm. John then has to draw two new cards that represent those population that are coming into his island. At some point, you're not going to want to keep drawing cards because you can just keep drawing cards and the population helps because you're able to do a lot more things with the population. Yeah. But it's also just really stacking up more your cards. hand and you got to complete those. That's part of the crux of the game that's really yes. cool. Uh-huh. I like that quite a bit because at some point you have to make the decision, am I going to stop? No, you don't have to activate the cards. So if even if I'm playing the, the cards that give me a lot of population, I don't have to activate that card. I can just keep it in my like ready area i guess so like at some point i can activate this card you really just have to get rid of the cards that are in your hand to to be able to complete the game but at some point you make that switch of all right no more population i'm just going to focus on getting rid of these pretty much i like that i do too and that's i've told dean we've talked about this a lot as i like games that have this doesn't have a distinct like a brass Birmingham. Okay, we're shifting from the canal phase or whatever to the railroad era. I love that in games. I love it because it just gives us freshness. But this game does feel like it has a distinct shift where you might you might get some more population, but you're really focusing on let's get rid of these you know folks. Let's get rid of these folks. Let's get rid of these folks. Let's please our population, and maybe I'll get a population at some point if I really need to for some certain reason but kind of determine when to do that and when to shift to that is 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 really cool and it does give the game a different feeling for sure yeah yeah I like that I mean the population decisions are really fun now the negative, really smart mechanic the negative part of that is the time because that depending on which cards come out so I mentioned the objective cards some of those objective cards give you points at the end of the game some of them allow you to take extra actions during the game now there is one of the cards for example that lets you spend two exploration tokens and then you can discard your um you can discard a card out of your hand without having to complete that card Mm -hmm. okay which is nice and that's probably going to be used more to end the game earlier than some of the other setups that you might have so because there's that shift that john's talking about 
it could add a really, especially your first game. I think your first game is probably going to take a little bit longer because you think, oh, I'm just gaining cards. I'm gaining population. This is a really good thing. But at some point you're like, oh, wait a minute. I have too many cards. There's no way I'm going to get that seven point yep. bonus on the fireworks because I didn't plan that out well. And you don't have to, though. You don't. You can totally win without that. For yeah. sure you can. But if you're gaining a ton of cards, you, you're probably gaining a lot of points throughout the game, too. But maybe not the points in the areas that you want to, I guess. Yeah. You know? I don't know. Yeah. I think so. so this is a game in the, in the sense of like Furnace we talked about. Having more cards doesn't necessarily mean you're doing great. You know, like in the auction, you get the cards from Furnace. That seems great, but it doesn't mean that you're doing a great job. Yeah. In this game, it's that same way. Just because you're getting a lot of cards doesn't mean you're going to win the game because there's lots of ways to get points at the end of the game. That's right. Yep. Final thoughts? Final thoughts. I'll go first, I guess. You went first last time. Um, Dean was 100% right. This game grew on me for sure. Uh, and I've heard other reviewers say the same thing. That said, the first time, you know, depending on what type of player you are, the first you can feel overwhelmed. Like, if you're not into, you know, like heavy or medium-heavy Euros. This isn't a medium-heavy, I don't even think. But there's a lot of tiles and a lot of things to do. I understand how you could be like, oh my gosh. I've got all these population to fill. What do I do? Um but I didn't feel like that during the game at all. But I, I did feel like the game got more interesting on the decisions, uh, as I said this earlier, as it progressed. Man, should I raise my population? Because like, you're recognizing how efficiency is so important in this game. So is it really the most advantageous to get this factory now? Is it most advantageous to explore at this point? Is it the most advantageous to up my ship, my fleet? Like You're constantly thinking, is this, is this the fastest, best, you know, um, the the quickest way to do this, the most efficient way to do this, and it's fun. It really is. It's fun with those decisions. I'm I enjoyed this game quite a bit. I wrestled Dean. I wrestle with uh, on the pot on the um, YouTube video, which we haven't released because Dean is taking forever to do the video on that one. <laughs> um, I gave it, and I'm going to stick with it because I, I am just a man of my stick with. But it's really hard between a seven and a half and an eight. I gave it an eight. It bumped up. I think you had the same feeling almost. I could have just, I might have just, yeah, I might have just uh, spilled your beans there, Dean. But like I was, it's really close. I'm giving it an eight. It's probably more like a seven, seven, five, you know, if I was able to do that. Solid game. I enjoyed, I, I might enjoy it more the more I play it. Every time I've played it, I've enjoyed it more. This could be one of those rising games that I just, every time I play, I'm like, okay, that's good. Oh yeah. That's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. So, like Teoda Wakan was for me, you know? I don't think it would be ever be as high as that is for me now, but I'm just saying, like, maybe it could be an eight and a half. I don't know. Maybe it would sink a little. So, uh, I'm staying, I'm just saying things that don't matter right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I stopped listening about 30 minutes oh. ago. <laughs> uh, I'm with you, John. I This is an eight for me. It is not like a, you know, it's not like this was a borderline eight and a half for me by any stretch. Yeah. I, I really went back and forth kind of on a, a seven and a half and eight. Same but, here. But I enjoyed this more from the get code than I think you did. But I sure. Uh, and it has risen for me, too. And so there is a very good possibility with this expansion that comes out that it could be it could rise. I mean, I, yeah, I think the biggest negative for me in this game the gameplay itself, I, I really, really like a lot. Mm -hmm. When you're placing those cubes to, like, the puzzle piece of that, like, do I, I'm going to place this cube here and this cube here and then gain this building and thinking through what building to build and thinking through when I should trade with the other people. I, I really enjoy that gameplay. Yeah. The big knock for me is I feel like this game overstays its welcome. 
potentially. And Could. I say potentially because not all games are going to play as long, but you can play a really long game of this. And yeah, that's problemsome. I mean, for me, and it's, I don't mind long games in and of themselves, but it, there's not a whole lot necessarily that changes as you go to make that Agreed. happen. There's that race element and, 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 you know, that's cool. And there's tension with that for sure. There's tension with that. Yeah. But I just don't know if I want to play a two, two and a half hour game all the time. Yep. Like this, you know what I mean? But I, but I still really, really enjoy it. That's why I mean, eight's a really strong score. That's really sure. good. But the knock for me is not from the gameplay itself. It's from the length of it. Yep. I didn't want to steal your thunder on that one because I knew that that was kind of one of the things that you wanted to talk about. But I agree totally. Um, I have heard some complaints that, as what you mentioned, the game can be wildly different on the, the time. Like, wow, you could finish this game in 45 minutes or an hour. It's possible. Yeah. But also it could be two and a half hours long. It depends on it all depends on how quick you're going through those, how quick you want to go through those. Yeah. You know, and you may be thinking man, I could go through these quick, but I've got a nice point building engine this way. I think I need to keep the game going a little bit longer. And it could take a really long time. And th that's a little bit of a turnoff for me as well. Like, I, I do tend to like games where I can have a pretty good idea of how long it's going to be. And two and a half hours of that game, when the first game we played was that long, right? Two yes. hours. It was two hours, I think. And I was, I was that's, ready. That's right, it was. I yeah. was ready for it to be done. It was kind of yeah. one of those. I, I wasn't like going, oh, I can't wait for this to be done. But I was like... I think about an hour and a half, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of doing the same thing over and over. I'm ready for this thing to, to end. Now, I will say, I think the more you play it, the quicker it might be because you're understanding the efficiency and different things like that a whole lot more too. Oh, I failed to mention that I really do like those race two cards a lot. Um, the, the, the What are those called? The people. Not race two. I mean the, the, the special ability. Ones. Yeah, the objective. Sorry. Oh yeah. They're not race uh -huh. two. Like because they're score points and stuff like that. Like the objectives. I, I really like how there's new ones every time, which gives you different strategy. Like yeah. we played the last game we played. Um, if you didn't play more than one explorer board, you get 18 points, which is a lot. And it's hard but, to play, not hard to play more that. than one. And so like, uh -huh. it, but it really made the game feel wildly different because uh -huh. we were trying to be even more efficient with that um i i writ that one up wrote that one off because i knew that that wasn't going to be something that i was going to do but but with a, i was trying with I was a higher try. player count and you can trade a lot more you, that just means okay i really need to focus on my trade tokens yeah I need to build those up a lot and your hand might determine that too you know yep and, and there's special abilities that you may have for that game trading yep. this and this for this that you don't have in other games and so that's cool too and i think it adds to a lot of replayability because they're all the same buildings yeah but there's so many yep you know, it's uh, I mean, now. Now here's I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this before we kind of conclude this. Mm -hmm. This so Martin Wallace did confirm that there was an expansion. I'm gonna read some of the stuff that's that's mentioned in this post on, on BGG. So this is from an interview with Martin Wallace, and these are actual quotes. So it says the expansion will add three primary content elements. So you've got two new regions for players to explore. Hmm. There's an invaders mechanic that has players that defend incoming forces. Don't know how I feel about that. Interesting. Okay. I usually like stuff like that though. Yes. So there are, um, uh, I'm, I'm not going to read all of these different pieces. So there's going to be other pieces that I, I leave out, but there's an additional set of cards. This, I think you'll like this piece of it. An additional set of cards included in the expansion, which sit as a pool on the table rather than in a player's hands. And they grant you additional actions in return for mid-level resources that okay. previously had little utility. So 
this is something that is kind of a race too. Like I see this card that I might want to be able to get and get that before you do and get a benefit from that. I like that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now this is the thing that might be the most exciting for me. Similarly, it says the expansion will change Anno 1800's end game. So rather than trying to get rid of your cards to finish the game, you'll be accumulating end game points through taking various actions. I have no idea what that means, but I do know that it means... Like, I don't know if that, if, are you racing for points? It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like you're trying to complete these end game objectives that then trigger the end of the game. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong about that, but like maybe objective type cards that you have to complete. And once people must have complained about that a lot, huh? I think they did. I think they did. It would, yeah, it would probably make the game a lot more knowing what time it's going to end and stuff a whole lot more. Yeah. I think I'm going to like that better. Even though I I like getting rid of those cards and that tension with the race piece Mm -hmm. of it, I think that that could put more of a, like you said, a target on the, the in-game yep. scoring. Almost like a dinosaur island, maybe, even that you could customize, like if you want a short game, medium game, or long game, might not be a terrible thing either, if that's what they're going for. But There you go. Anyway, we both gave it an 8 because we still really enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. It was good. Interesting that we had pretty similar scores this week. We did. I gave it a 7, you gave it a 7.5, and then we both gave it a, an 8 for Anno. So. John and I are the same gamers. Jonathan loves this because he was asking, should he buy Anno? And we're like giving it an eight is like probably one of the worst scores that we could give it. Because <laughs> he's going to buy it? Is that, no, because oh. no, because he's like, great, that really doesn't help me a lot. Because oh. <laughs> he wants it to be like an eight and a half and nine or like a six and a half or seven to that's, say, okay, I probably cool. won't pick this one up. Like eight's like, seriously? <laughs> that's what he gets though. He gets eight from both of us. In your face, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think in the guild for sure. Other people out there, John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right. If you're enjoying our podcast, we'd love for you to rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast as well. It'd be really cool. If you want to support what we're doing, go to patreon.com slash meepletown. We're at face at meepletown games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and we're board game geek guild 34. 407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Hey, Dean, what do you call a fish with no eyes? What do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish.